The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the comfort of the Lord in times of trouble, and we are in Proverbs, Bert Harper and I, here on Exploring the Word. But we wanted to open up the show, and we're going to do something we kind of rarely do, and we're going to allude to the news a little bit. But, Bert, I want to preface it and say that, um, you know, the old songwriter Horatio Spofford uh, was right. He said, it is well with my soul, though anything going on around me uh, is intimidating. It is well with our soul. But, Bert, two things that I think we need to be mindful of and prayerful about. Obviously, the uh, increasing the escalation of friction with Russia and China. Um, but also, um, we know something now that, at least I didn't know 24 hours ago, there's a vacancy coming on the U.S. Supreme Court. And uh, that is, I'm sure everybody is aware, is a very significant thing because the worldview of the uh, judges really informs their decisions. So, Bert, I think we've got a lot to pray about today and a lot just to remember that we are secure in Christ and God is in control. Well, Alex, I agree with you fully. There's so many things going on right now that I look at it and understand it that, you know, lawlessness is in the land. Uh, this uh, Russia and Ukraine, the possibility as the troops from Russia's side gather and as uh, some of the uh, material that the United States and United Kingdom has sent uh, to the Ukraine border for their protection, uh, as it gathers, uh, I looked at it and I thought about it, is the storm clouds gathering? It could be. And then with China uh, and their desire to occupy Taiwan, to take it back, uh, they've never recognized them as a separate entity or country. Uh, and we already know what they've done to Hong Kong, you know? And oh, yeah. uh, so we understand that. And then uh, there are those that are talking about uh, Russia and China, uh, an alliance, possibility of an alliance with them. And when I heard that, I said, Lord, you could come at any time, and I understand that. And uh, there's been other things that's happened, I'm sure, during World War II when uh, the Nazis were doing such harm that everybody said, wouldn't it be a great time for the Lord to come again? Couldn't he come again? But Alex, uh, if he does, I want to be ready. But if he does not, uh, we still need to be mindful of these things that are going on and being, and this is why I felt like we should mention it, and I do. We need to be ready for the Lord's return. We need to uh, be uh, anticipating him coming back. Matter of fact, uh, at, you know, uh, John would finish and say, comfort one another with these words, you know? Yes. It's the promise mm. of his coming. And so we want to just have our listeners to, as you said, it is well with our soul. It is well because Jesus Christ is still on the throne, and Jesus Christ is still the one who rolls out time as a scroll, and he will take it up when it's time. We can depend upon him, can't we? Well, we, we really can. And, you know, Bert, um, the Bible tells us to be ready, 
And may I, um, I know we're in Proverbs, but I'd like to read a little bit in this first segment from 1 John 2. Do you remember the verse in 28 where it says, abide in him? Yes. Amen. Let me read something to you folks. And uh, Bert, you're right. I mean, we, we don't know the day or the hour. Only the Lord knows. But in terms of the world situation, just a lot of things it wouldn't be a bad time for the Lord to come back right now, but the Word of God says in First John chapter 2, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Now, Bert, it talks about in First John chapter 2, the uh, spirit of the Antichrist. For one thing, 18, 19, there's going to be a falling away. People that claim to be Christian are going to fall away and teach things contrary to the gospel. And then there's the, the mindset of the Antichrist that uh, it says um, that they'll deny Jesus is the Christ. Uh, it says that whosoever denieth the Father and the Son does not have... Uh, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father also. And 18 talks about many Antichrists are let loose in the world, but the spirit of Antichrist, among other things, is the denial of Jesus. But it says in verse 28, and now little children. In other words, like in light of all these things, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence before him and not be ashamed at his coming. See, whether by death or the return of Christ, um, our own mortality or Christ's return, we need to be ready. The verb abide means continual, uninterrupted action. And so, Bert, more than ever, uh, I would think it's time to cleave to Christ, have our house in order, and whatever day we see the Lord, maybe this day, we're going to be ready. Amen, Alex. Tying it in to Proverbs 17 that we're discussing today, I want to read Proverbs seventeen fifteen, and make a comment about what we've just talked about. Here it says, He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them are alike and are an abomination to the Lord. We're living in that. That describes a lot of our society today where the wicked is justified, transgenderism, uh, so-called same-sex marriage. These things are unreal. Abortion being the right. All of these, they justify the wicked and condemns the just. We're living in a day when those that are, are saying, no, we're going to believe what the Bible says about marriage. We're going to believe what the Bible says about life. I mean, they're not just being condemned but uh, in some countries, like our neighbor to the north, Canada, they are being taken to court. And so this is where we are today. So what do we need? Uh, we need to abide in him. What is one of the ways, Alex, that we can abide in him? Through his word. And Amen. I think Proverbs has some of that that we want to go over today, uh, you know, that it helps us to know these uh, they're not long, uh, you know, one or two of them, like children. Verse 6, children's children are the crown of an old man and the glory of children is their father. I mean, that stands alone. So a lot of the Proverbs, a little bit different than the other scriptures that we study most of the time. You have to take 
the whole chapter before and the next chapter after. But in Proverbs, a lot of these are just standalone promises or principles, aren't they? Well, they they really are. And Bert, I love what you said there. You said part of the way that we stay ready and we abide and we're unashamed and we're confident. You know, Hebrews tells us to boldly come to the throne of grace. Let me say this. Uh, We are to fear the Lord as in reverence, worship, honor God, but we don't have to be paranoid. And in fact, if, if you've got this unhealthy terror of facing God, I would say that's indicative that you need to make right with Jesus and turn to Christ and be saved. But here's the beautiful thing. If you've put your faith in Jesus uh, and you're his born-again child, you're, you're under grace, and you may appear with confidence and not be ashamed when Christ returns. And, you know, Bert, uh, I want to see revival happen. I'd, I'd love for history to go on another hundred years if, if it means we can be free, serve the Lord, win souls, and bring more people to, to the knowledge of Jesus. But I know at some point, the Word of God says evil men will wax worse and worse. There'll be wars, rumors of wars. The planet will be kind of a global police state. And I wonder with all of the wiring of the planet and um, uh, talk about moving toward a cashless society and a one-world government, I don't know, and I, w- I would never presume to set a date, but, uh, you know, I uh, I look around, and I think I might be seeing the signs of the times, Bert. What do you say? I agree with you fully, and uh, it makes me think of that old so- song, signs of the times are everywhere, you know? They are, and they seem to be growing. And, again, I've already you already said it about the police state, but lawlessness, what will people do? Uh, they will give up their freedoms for safety. And that's what we thought we'd see during the, the pandemic. Oh, the safety of people. So we have to quarantine. Don't go to church. So a lot of these things have happened, and, and we can look at it and see it, but we also see how it's a preview of things to come. And so be ready. Uh, but abide in Bert. him. Don't have that frightful spirit, but have a confident spirit if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be. Hey, we've read the book of Revelation, and guess what? Jesus does come back. He is the victorious conqueror, and we stand with him. Well, you know, um, the, the Bible in Proverbs 17, and by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word with Bert and Alex. So glad you're listening. And in a few moments, we'll get to questions. But with the time that we've got left, Bert, in this first segment, would you care uh, especially, and folks, please pray, about the Supreme Court situation uh, and just international affairs? Bert, would you just pray for God to rule and overrule? I will. Father, we thank you that we can call upon you. And as a, like a Bible class, uh, in a church. Now, we're spread out everywhere by radio, uh, some in trucks, some in uh, at their desk, some at home. Father, wherever they might be, we are coming to you, asking you to rule in our lives. Uh, we, we want you to rule uh, in our country. We want you to rule this and that. But, Father, if we deny your rule and uh, your authority in our lives, Father, uh, we are asking amiss. We're out of line. 
So first, we want to be lined up with you as our authority, as the one who speaks and the one who declares our way and the steps of a godly man are ordered of the Lord. And Father, we want to go your way through your steps. And we do pray for what's happening here in America concerning the Supreme Courts, concerning the lawlessness that's in the land, the police uh law enforcement officers that seem to be under, they not seem or under attack. Father, I pray that you would intervene in such a way that we would see your hand of mercy uh, to help them and, and stand with them. And we pray for our Senate as they will be the confirmation for the, the next Supreme Court justice. Father, uh, we're trusting you. We are. We ask you that you would guide us that we would follow you and we would be in line with you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the word that we shared today as, as Alex talked about abiding in you, that we don't have to be fearful, but, Father, we can be faithful. And I mm -hmm. pray that would be our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that, that we do have prayer and we're confident in Christ. Well, Bert, in Proverbs 17, and, you know, it's hard to believe we're— well past the halfway mark in Proverbs, but, you know, don't you love this? Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. You've got, all through this book, we've gotten morality, righteousness, but we see over and over family. And, of course, yes. the book will conclude with a lot more to say about that, but this is God's truth to build our life upon. It is family. Hey, it starts in the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve. It goes to Abraham, uh, the family of God. And right here, children's children are a crown of an old man. Amen. Grandchildren are wonderful. We'll be back with more after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for General Scott Barrier, Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. His office is an intelligence and combat support agency specializing in defense and military intelligence. Proverbs 19.20 reminds us of the importance of acquiring wisdom. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide General Scott Barrier as he provides intelligence to U.S. defense officials. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 prayer guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Many people think that committing themselves completely to God is more of a risk than they're willing to take. But Dr. Tony Evans remembers a personal experience that taught him an important lesson about trust. He'll share it with us today as we spend two minutes with Tony. When I was a uh, water safety instructor, uh, worked my way through college, uh, training people to be lifeguards and training people how to swim. I swam competitively for four years, and so I was you know, in the water a lot. And when I was teaching people how to swim who were afraid of the water, because water can be risky business. And so the first thing I had to do was I had to get them to buy into one thing. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm not going to let you go. I got you. 
They may be scared at first, but once they knew that I wasn't going to let them go, their confidence grew even though they were still in a growth learning process. What God wants you to know is if you do absolute surrender, I got you. I know it's a little scary, but I got you. So we can make a decision. Keep going to church, keep singing songs, but being worldly for most of the time, except those few hours where we're doing the Christian thing. Or giving God all of us, giving the world none of us, allowing our minds to be reconformed. The question is, do you believe he has you or do you believe you're better in having yourself? If you're ready to let God remodel your relationship with him, start by checking out Dr. Evans' CD series, Divine Reset, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. In him we were also chosen as God's own, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything by the counsel of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, would be for the praise of his glory. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex with you today, and we're in Proverbs 17. Uh, it doesn't have as many verses in it as the verses, Proverbs that we've been going over, but we're going to select some of these. Alex has already mentioned verse 6 that I love. Uh, being a grandparent, I love it tremendously. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children is their father. Alex, this demonstrates family, and it's, it shares also generational love and service. Uh, the illustration that I enjoy doing, Jan and I, when we do uh, conferences and family, we're talking about it's like a relay race. And one of the most important times in a relay race is when the first runner is handing off the baton to the second runner. Uh, don't drop the baton. The main way that uh, people are disqualified in a, uh, you know, in a relay race, I say disqualified or lose, is dropping the baton during the exchange. The exchange of faith from one generation to the another, that is a theme of the book of Proverbs, isn't it? It really is. It really is. I mean, there's so much. And, you know, every chapter is just rich with all of these truths to live by. You know, um, you know, and each one kind of could stand on its own. But um, verse 7 is interesting. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. Uh, Bert, have you ever known people and you love them, you care about them? They might even be Christians, but they're, they're just silly people that you can't really be serious with. You ever known anybody like that? Yeah, th they refuse to be taught. They refuse to look at life seriously. Now, again, everything's a joke. Everything's a joke. And right the opposite of that is with some people, nothing, you know, there's nothing good under the sun, you know, 
And yeah. so, uh, but this is talking about excellent speech is not becoming a fool. You can do the best you can. You can make suggestions. You can give them, quote, a good biblical education. And it's, uh, the old saying is it's one ear and out the other. It seems like, Alex. It, it is. It is. And, and you know, um, you, you want to be able to take life seriously, but you want to have a light heart and a joyful heart. I, I'm thinking of several friends I've got right now, and um, they're, they're believers. They are. But, you know, they'll come and they'll ask a question, and you, it's, you can't decide whether you even waste the time talking to them because it'll just be a joke. You know, they'll just make light of it. Um, they're just very flippant. And I think about that when I read verse 7. Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool. Um, you go on down there, and I want to get as much of this as we can. Verse 10 says, A reproof enters more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. Oh, wow. Now, if you needed to be corrected, what would you rather have, a word of correction or to be whipped a hundred times? Well, obviously, if you're wise, you'll listen to a, a reproof. But it says, you know, you'd be better off a fool if somebody's a foolish person. And Bert, let's talk for a minute. What are the characteristics of a foolish person? Well, for one thing, not caring about God, but not understanding the gift of life. I mean, when everything's a joke and nothing is serious and you just kind of... Um, everything, you just kind of laugh it off. Well, I think we've got to remember life is a gift. It is a blessing that the good Lord deemed we should be here. And and we uh, are wise, not foolish, when we understand that every day we wake up, it really is a precious gift the Lord has entrusted to us. Amen. I don't want to get away from one verse that comes before that that I highlighted that I just felt like was so good and it's verse 3 of chapter 17 of the book of Proverbs. The refining pot is for silver and for the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Now, I could not help but think of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. And by the way, Alex is going to be teaching 1 Peter at the Cove in July, it is, isn't it, Alex? July 8th through yeah. 10th. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, I'd, I'd look forward to seeing everybody there. They can go to the Cove and find out. Listen, 1 Peter... You're getting a triple blessing. The Cove, First Peter, Alex. That's that's a deal. But listen to well. verse seven of First Peter one, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, that it may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The refining pot is for silver and for furnace for gold. Verse three. It is to get the impurities out. It's to judge the quality. And so here again, God is going to, the difficulties that come our way, uh, they are a blessing if it refines us to be more like Jesus. You remember that scripture in Romans 8, 28. All things, God works all things for good to those that love God, to those that are called to his purpose. But you yes. say, what is the good? I believe that is explained in verse 29 of that same chapter. It goes on, whom he predestined, he he predestined for them to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the whole idea. Our idea after salvation, after salvation, the act of discipleship and sanctification is for those of us who are believers to become more and more Christ-like. 
We will not reach perfection, but we can grow in him and be more like him. So, Alex, uh, that refining pot for silver and gold, uh, <clears throat> have you ever been in that fire and it be testing you to see what's real and uh, not real? <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. Do you mean there's a song called Refiner's Fire? Yeah, sure is. And uh, that that's right. The heart is like a a pot and it is it uh is it precious or is it dross? Well, the Lord can reveal that to us. Um you know, I've got a dear friend back east and he was taking a walk in the woods one day and he walked up on a mama bear and two cubs. <laughs> and uh Verse 12 says, let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Now, let me tell you, you don't want to walk up on a mama bear with cubs. But according to Proverbs 17, 12, even worse is to get entangled with a foolish person. Uh, Literally, a person devoid of truth. And and this very pictorial language is trying to show us uh, truth matters and the people with whom we associate matter as well. Alex, verse 14, uh, there's so many here, but again, the it's neat part of Proverbs, as you said and I said, some of them are tied together, and we tie them together, but some of them are just profound by themselves. Listen to this. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. Do you remember the story about the little boy and his finger in the dike to keep it from... Uh, I remember that story yeah. uh, when I the, was a the child. Flood held yeah, it back. yeah, and you held back. And so what you do, the and water always seeks the lowest point, and it it runs and grows and gets bigger. So here's the idea: the comparison is there, and that is that stop the quarrel, conti- stop contention before the quarrel starts. It goes back. A soft answer turns away wrath. See how that connects. A lot of these connect with previous verses that was read. So be a peacemaker. I think that's where it ties in. I think Jesus is tying this in in the Sermon on the Mount about peacemaking. Yes, there. Amen. Uh, yes, we're to be men and women of peace. Now that doesn't mean we roll over and play dead. It doesn't mean that we get along uh, to you know go along to get along. We have to stand, but yet at the same time we can stand and speak the truth in love, can't we? Well, we can. We we really can. Uh, I've got to read 16 and 17. Okay. Wherefore is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he hath no heart for it? I'll come back to that. A verse I learned in Bible school as a, as a little boy. It would be many years before I would know the Lord. But a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. But before that, Bert, uh, let me just say this. I believe in education. I really do. But I've known a lot of families. I've counseled families where they would send their kids to the best school, pay all the bills, invest tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. And oftentimes when you get something handed to you, you don't really appreciate it. Now, verse 16 says, basically, um, why go to the expense of teaching a lesson or giving a gift if the fool has no heart for it? Let me just say this. Um, we've all been given things, and we're very blessed. But when when you give or when something is given to you, you want to make sure that it's appreciated, not taken for granted. Why go to the expense of trying to teach someone if, they're really, if their heart doesn't appreciate it or if they really don't, um, you know, uh, take it 
Seriously. Um, that's kind of a standalone verse. Verse 17, a friend loveth at all times, and literally God gives you a brother or a friend for adversity. Um, we need friends. Uh, we can't walk this journey alone. We need others around us. And uh, you know what? We need true friends, but also for God's glory, we can be a true friend, can't we? We can. And the friend that's above all friends is Jesus Christ. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's not a fair-weather friend. He goes with you. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fiery furnace, but there was a fourth one like the Son of God. And listen, someone has said uh, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was delivered from the furnace, where did the fourth man stay? He stayed in the fire waiting for the next person to be thrown in, that, for the next believer. And, and Jesus is that one. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he loves you. He cares for you. No, And there's another song, no one has ever cared for you like Jesus. And, and mm. Jesus cares about you today. You may feel alone. Uh, you may feel like the world has handed you the worst basket full of problems the world has ever known. God cares for you, and he loves you. And you're wondering, well, I'm not sure about that. Look what's happened to me. Look at the family I've, I was born into. Look at the job I have. Look what's happened to me. God is desiring to have this relationship with you, to know him. And listen, we're not talking about a bed full of roses and everything going great. We're talking about a friend that stays with you through thick or thin. A friend loves at all times. Alex there's not a friend like the precious Jesus, is there? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for his consistency and his faithfulness. Uh, verse 19. Well, I'm going to go to 18. A man void of understanding striketh hands and becomes surety in the presence of his friends. Folks, don't be too quick to sign a contract, uh, to strike hands or, hey, deal, deal. Well, Remember, we're not owners, we're stewards, and don't be so quick to... Bert, you don't hear this so much anymore, but there used to be a thing where people would, quote, sign somebody's loan, you know? Right. Um, and the thing is, though, if they don't make good on it, you're on the hook. Proverbs seventeen eighteen warns about that. Um, I'm going to go to verse 20. He that hath a froward heart finds no good, and he that has a perverse tongue falls into mischief. Do you remember Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh thing? I do. <laughs> oh, man, uh, I do. <laughs> Piglet says, nice day, isn't it? Eeyore says, might rain. You know? Yeah. Aren't we blessed? Well, yeah, but hey, if if you've got a kind of a downcast heart, um, really, you always see the glass half empty. It finds no good. Um, be a grateful person. See the good in something and be grateful for it. Alex, matter of fact, Romans uh, on the road to becoming a reprobate, if you read that, you'll find being unthankful is one of the steps. I, I just want to tell you, having a thankful spirit will help you. You say, well, I don't know. And, and you say, oh, you're like Pollyanna playing the glad game. Well, I want to tell you, there's something yep. to that saying, yeah, I know that, but I'm glad this didn't happen. I'm glad this did happen. And uh, so I think Proverbs has something to say because listen to verse 22. A merry heart Amen. does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Alex, a merry heart does good like medicine. Uh, my dad, uh, when, even in his old age, 
And when we would bring our three sons, his three youngest grandsons, up to visit him, you talking about making him? This is old man. You're talking about. We were talking about the the father, the children's children. Uh, it was like bringing life to him, and he would enjoy. Mm-hmm. He'd watch them, and uh, he would laugh, and it was an increasing his uh, his health. So a merry heart is 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 helpful. A thankful heart. Have you noticed that thankfulness, merriment, looking at life as abiding in Christ? Uh, I want to just tell yeah. you, they make life uh, a lot better when you have that attitude and that spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, Proverbs is so practical. Verse 24, wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. Bert, there's something to be said for focus, right? And I've met people, and, and they are always after a pipe dream. And I've, I've had a few people get angry with me because they wanted me to jump on some crazy bandwagon and I wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, a wise man, put put your, you know, right out in front of you, your responsibilities. Um, look for opportunities, but pray for those things. Um, get keep, to 27 and 28. We've got about 27. Oh we got to. Isn't it a great way to end about, you better be careful what you say and you might not say anything, right, Alex? <laughs> he that hath knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holds his peace, is thought to be wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. <laughs> hey, you can improve your image by maybe not talking. <laughs> yeah, somebody said open your mouth and let them know that you're foolish. So keep it closed so they won't know. So there's a lot of truth in that. Hey, we're going to take questions, Alex. I'm so excited to hear from our listeners. And that number that you can call, 888-589-8840. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. It's wonderful to receive. We all love gifts, and we like to have people do nice things for us. That's a blessing, but Jesus said, if you want a blessing that's greater than that blessing, be on the other end of the giving cycle. Be the one who's giving the gift. Join Dr. David Jeremiah as he shares another special message on stewardship, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Sometimes there's a delay between crying out to God in prayer and seeing those prayers answered. It is imperative for us in those times that we don't waver in our confidence in our God. The next verse goes on to say, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. You see, the delay between supplication and delivered answer is one of the ways God develops endurance in us. He desires that the roots of our faith grow down deep, that we become trees planted by rivers of living water, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in His work. In this, we grow beyond superficial Christianity. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. In Isaiah 49, verse 15, God says, Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Sometimes I forget things. I forget names or where I left the keys or telephone numbers or something I'm supposed to pick up for my wife at the store. And sometimes we forget the really important things. We even forget God. But God never forgets us, and He never forgets His promises to us in Jesus Christ. Trials, especially those that last a long time, can make you feel like God has forgotten you. But no matter what you're going through, God is always faithful. He never forgets you. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. As we go. You know, I was on a book site. I was looking to order a book, and forgive me, maybe it was vanity, but I thought, I'm going to see how our book is doing. So I punched in your name and my name, and Bert, I give God the glory, and we completely praise the Lord, but uh, our book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, had 100% positive reviews. Oh, wow. There were 35 book reviews. And all of them were five stars. And, uh, hey, we didn't put anybody up to that. I, I give God the glory. But if you like exploring the Word, you might enjoy this book of 100 Bible Questions and Answers. And I want to say thanks to all the listeners because, uh, listen, folks, you helped that book come into being by graciously listening and calling with questions. You did. And you can get that book at afastore.net. Uh they ordered a big shipment just recently because we were out of the first shipment and they got more in. So you can order that book. Go to afastore.net and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It'll help you. And it's a book that I like because you can start reading anywhere, page four or page 90. And uh, that's good. Well, Alex, you ready for the phone calls? Let's do that, folks. The number is 888. 888- 589-8840. Uh, call us. We go to Alabama and talk to Dina. Dina, welcome. Hey, I can't believe I got through. You're first today. <laughs> welcome, We're Dina. You did. must want me to hear your answer. Well, thank you for calling. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Well, me and my dad have been having a discussion, and he believes Cain and Abel had a different father, that they both wasn't Adams. I've always thought they were. But then he uses the Bible verses in John chapter 8 from 40 to 50 where Jesus is talking, and he's talking to the Jews, I believe, some people, and he's saying, you don't hear me, you don't understand what I'm saying because you're following your father. So he tends to believe that we've always had a line of people that belong to Satan. And I, I think that would put you to believing in predestination which I don't. So me and him have just, we don't see eye to eye. And I've been trying to study and research. I just want to hear y'all's opinion on it, on Cain and Abel and their father 
and whether or not people can be, you know, said that the devil is their father. Okay. Deanna, thank you for calling, and thank you for you and your father uh, talking about Scripture. Alex, over there, I think Jesus is talking spiritually their father. Uh, uh, it wasn't, you know, Abraham, uh, but it was their father, the devil, wasn't it? Yeah, um, you, you know, this this verse, by the way, is fascinating, verse John eight forty four, where Jesus is, you know, rebuking the Pharisees and the religious leaders that rejected him. He says, you are of your father, the devil. Well, the word there is progenitor, and it really means the one who you bear the likeness of. You know, genetics is an interesting thing because, I mean, very often you you see the son and you know who the father is, right? So what he was saying there was the people, uh, their unbelief, their rejection of Christ, that was more of the devil than of God. But no, um, Cain and Abel, Cain, uh, wicked though he was, was not from some other person uh, or certainly wasn't from Satan. Satan can influence people, tempt, uh, lure people away, but fallen angels cannot procreate. Now, some people are so devilish, you think the devil sired them, <laughs> but <laughs> fallen angels can't procreate, can they? They cannot. And notice, he has another reference to Satan, the father, the father of lies. That's, uh, you know, that's what he was called. The father, He's the progenitor of that, and that's the whole idea of that, and it's true there in, as Alex said, in, in John chapter 8. And so, Deanna, thank you for calling. Thank, we hope that helps you a little bit. Uh, but let me just tell you, some conversations, you just have to say, hey, uh, I think I'm right, and I think you're wrong. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> thank you. Let's go. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Let's go to Texas and talk to William. William, welcome. Howdy. Hello. Good to have you today. My Am I uh, all right? Uh, it's my longtime listener, second time calling. Well, thank you for getting uh, through well, again, you. William. Yeah, uh, I got a question about uh, Jeremiah twenty-nine, verse thirteen. Real famous passage in the Bible, uh, and it says, "And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your hearts." And my question is, uh, how do you? search for God with all of your heart. How do you do that? Okay, great question. Great passage there. Again, you set it up greatly. And uh, <clears throat> when I look at uh, chapter 29 of Jeremiah in my Bible, I've got a whole lot of highlighting and a whole lot of errors and a whole lot of underlining. But Alex, <clears throat> here, it, here it does, and it talks it very plainly. You seek me. And, and that's not unusual, Okay. Uh, we talk about it again, seeking him. Chronicles talks about seeking his face. And we love him because he first loved us. We Is this still talking about a responding to God's love, even yeah. searching for him? Oh, yeah. You know, the, and by the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. I do love that verse. I love the Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Another verse in Jeremiah, Bert, is uh, Jeremiah 7, through 13, where God is reprimanding Israel, and he says, I called and you did not answer. So how do you seek the Lord with all your heart? You respond to the light that you've been given. Uh, we've often talked about this. 
All people have creation and conscience. Creation says there has to be a creator. The design of this world, there had to be a designer. Our conscience, uh, we're accountable to God, and we know when we've done wrong. And the law on our heart cries out that there had to be a lawgiver. But then, with specific clarity, we have the Bible and we have Jesus. So you, you search and you find God, and you've, you've responded with all your heart when you act on what you know. Um, Bert, we had a conference one time, and Josh McDowell, Josh is really bold. So in front of, really, Greensboro Coliseum, we had about 5,000 people. A guy came to the mic, and he was an atheist, and he had a question. And Josh said, if I give you a good answer, will you become a Christian? And the guy said, what? Josh said, well, you've got a question. If I give you an answer, a good answer, will you become a Christian? And the guy said, well, no. In front of 5,000 people, Josh goes, well, then I'm not going to answer your question because you're, you know, if you're here for truth, I'll help you. But if you're just wanting to play chess, let's move on to somebody who's actually seeking. And the guy kind of softened. He goes, well, well, okay, if you can answer my question, I might. But the thing is, our, our obligation is to respond to the truth that we've been given. And, it, friend, I would say to everybody listening, um, if you if you know about the Lord and you know about Christ, but you've not yet opened your heart to Jesus, I mean, you you must respond to the truth that God has shown you, and not shut your heart up against Him. A biblical heart, William, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, you yes, your mind, yes, you come there, but also with your will, you you make that decision. That's the guy that you were talking about that Josh is talking to, he had already <clears throat> made his mind up before he even asked the question. You know, that's where he was coming from. But then we respond with it, Alex. We really do respond to him. And uh, so if we search him with all of our heart, are we, are we wanting to fill that vacuum that's in our life? And if you do, there's a number you can call, 888-NEED-HIM. 888-NEED-HIM. There are partners in ministry, and they want to lead you and help you to know Christ. If you have an honest, seeking, and searching attitude, give them a call. They'll help you in so many ways. Thank you, William. Let's go to North Carolina and talk to Josh. Josh, welcome. How are y'all doing? Doing fantastic, man, today. Thank you for asking. Um, I don't have a question. I was just calling to uh, thank y'all. I received one of those uh, Hogan Encouraging Bibles, and I really enjoyed it, and I was just wanted to th- tell y'all thank y'all. Amen, Josh. Bless you. Hey, we want to say thank you to Jim Stanley and and Lene Patrick Devon's wife and all those folks that work at the Resource Center, getting those out and helping people to. Uh, we've had several people respond by email talking about how much they enjoy it. And praise the Lord, the Word of God, Alex. Anytime we can send it out, uh, it it goes hey, forth. That's what we're all about. Isn't it, it is. It goes forth, and it does accomplish what God sends it forth to do. Thank you, Josh, for calling. Amen. Let's go to Texas and talk to Iris. Iris, welcome. Um, Yeah, I love your show, and I've loved the book of Proverbs. It's one of my favorites. My question was regarding Joseph and starting with Genesis when he went to Egypt and then was promoted by Pharaoh to take care of the, the land, the grain. And when his brothers came, as we know the story, that um, a couple of times, um, he disguised himself until the very end of the story, you know. And my question is, 
what you think his purpose was. It says in the end what God has meant for evil. Don't be mad at yourself. What God has meant for evil, uh, what you what you meant what was meant for evil, God will turn for good. What's your opinion of why he allowed that deception to go on for so long? Fantastic question, Great Alex. Question. It is, is something about in the New Testament. Try the spirits to see if they be of God. Isn't there something yes. about that? Go ahead, Alex. You know, this is Genesis forty-four and forty-five, where you know he put a gold, I mean, a silver cup in Benjamin's sack and brought him back, uh, and said, you know, hey, you've tried to rob me, and and they said, no, um, look, please let the young child go. Our father loves him. Take us. And I think he was trying to discover, after all these years, and there, hey, talk about sibling rivalries and treachery, but now their hearts were pure. And then, of course, in that famous, famous Genesis 45, he uh, went in the other room and wept, and then he comes in and he says, I am Joseph, Genesis 45, 4. So I think he scared him a little on purpose to... Um, try their heart and i'm i'm not being flippant bert but uh he put the fear of god into him didn't he he did and i've now this is just for those that are dating or courting um and sometimes they've come to me and i say you need to have some kind of a crisis to see how that person that you are engaged to or going to marry how they respond so that you'll know uh, you know, a lot of times ignorance is not bliss to see how people, who they really are, uh, what they really depend on. Guess what? It usually takes place under pressure, Alex. And uh, so here, uh, uh, Joseph is putting them under pressure. And I think it was to reveal to him, uh, God would know, but we don't know. And so I think it was for that. Iris, thank you for your great question. Let's go to Arkansas and talk to Rick. Rick, welcome. Uh, thank you guys for answering my question, or will will be answering my question. Um, when did the uh, when did the the Jews stop sacrificing, and why did they stop sacrificing? Okay, Alex, the temple. What year? Six seventy or sixty something that the temple was destroyed. Eight. You know, AD. 70 AD. 70 AD. And so they've had no temple since then, correct? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one Jewish man that I got to lead to the Lord one time, uh, we were talking, and I I said, you know, if Jesus wasn't the Lamb, then how are your sins being atoned for? Now, you know, Reformed Judaism, which is kind of more modern and liberal, um, would say, well, you know, sin is not really the problem you think it is and i mean uh but but honestly and oh my goodness how we love the dear jewish people but this is a big big enigma for them right now and of those that are you know uh conservative or orthodox jews they know they need yeah look if if jesus wasn't the one then you know we're we're going on nearly 2000 years that no sacrifices have been taking place now as i said um the reform, more liberal rabbis try to explain their way around this, but here's the the clear point: Jesus was the Lamb, and no no more temple sacrifices need to be made because Jesus was the Lamb, and now God lives in a temple uh, called the regenerated heart, doesn't He, Bert? He does. We're going to try to get a quick question in, one more, 
in Ohio, and it's Marvin. Marvin, do not have. We don't have a lot of time, but go ahead. Yes, my question is this: Is the Antichrist alive right now? And if so, how old would he be? <laughs> okay, the the proper answer is we don't know, but there are many Antichrists that's come in the world, and they're there here today, and they're all ages, uh, starting from in the adulthood. Alex, go ahead. Well, only the Lord knows. And Thirty years ago, an elderly preacher told me that, you know, back during the time of Hitler, they were very, very, very sure Hitler was the Antichrist. And uh, he he would have been one, but uh, I don't know. But maybe the the Antichrist, the global leader, the the evil incarnate, he might be alive on the earth right now. That's why have your house in order, turn to Jesus, be ready. We had a call yesterday that we did not get to. I, I remember Mary calling and saying, is there a book about the book of Revelation? There's several, but or a movie. She was asking about a movie. And I couldn't help but think about the Left Behind series. Again, there's a lot of people, they mock that, and but there's a lot of truth in it. And Left Behind series has something to say. Yeah, it makes this important impact, Alex. You better get your heart right, and you better do it now, right? That's the main yeah. big issue. And, you know, after World War I, uh, you know, it's funny, 100 years ago, after World War I, they said that the, the modernist would say every day in every way man is getting better and better, that the 20th century would be a veritable heaven on earth. Well, the way history has played out and the present moment even, I think more than ever it shouts out that the Bible is true. Yeah, the war to end all wars yeah. wasn't that one. It wasn't World War One, And mm. uh, so, hey, Alex, it's been good. We're going to be in Proverbs 18 tomorrow. And yeah. I'm looking forward to that. It has a lot of truth in it as well, doesn't it? It does. And tomorrow night also, I'll be on the Hamilton Corner, which is a great honor. But we thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, if you would, please tell somebody about Exploring the Word and AFR. Most of all, though, tell everybody about Jesus. Jesus.